0: kw calling i'm on international frequency come in
1: Nuffle up again
2: make me more <laughs> <laughs> you know what is this what does this represent uh because this isn't just about so hello fiends this is dave and hello, hello. Don't
1: judge me! Don't judge me! Don't judge me! Don't judge
2: me! It's going to be hard to get over, Hey, uh, welcome to KDVR. Uh, this is Dave. And tonight uh, we have a focus on, an, I'll say an anthology, a music anthology called Electronic Saviors. Uh, what this is is industrial techno um, electronica basically uh, an anthology of s- roughly 60 bands that got together to do the impossible um, I'm gonna have on the show tonight Jim Simonic, uh, local musician one um, well, of the front man for a reinforced excellent local band and he is one, probably one of the bravest people I've met he had to uh, come uh, incredible adversity to turn it around and um, create this anthology called Electronic Saviors, which I'm sure I'll butcher a few times during the interview, um, where just people came to bat for them. People like Acumenation, uh, 16 Volt, Chem Lab. These are big names in the industrial world, and uh, they, well, you're going to hear it straight from Jim himself. Let's get to the interview, and uh, you're going to hear some good music tonight, too. Thanks for listening. Okay. Okay... Alright, we should be good there. Um, I'm just going to have to hold you close to the mic here. And I'm going to play a tune real quick. Because this this tune actually cracks me up so bad. So i got to play this.
1: I like getting wild at the occasional beer. I'm the like a But then my wind man
2: was taking down it random. A lot of
1: people do. <laughs> I drink up all the Hennessy that you
3: got on your shelf, but I don't want to do that shit all by myself. Bear with me I'm
0: here to celebrate has to happen in tandem. So, <laughs> let
2: me know when you can drink again. All right, to welcome to KWR. With me right now, I have a local. Favorite here, Jim Simonik. Are You there, Jim? Hi. Hey. And that's I am that, here. that's one of your songs there. I, I I just I had to cue that thing up because it cracks me up every time I hear it. Uh, makes me happy. Hello. Yeah, uh, That's the the Gossicles, I believe.
3: Yeah, the Gossicles. Those guys are awesome.
2: Okay, now how um, do we, how do we even begin this story of Jim Simonic? And this, you you go by another name too. Um, Jimmy Semtex. That's that. That's my stage name, yeah, they, uh, thanks to Jared from ChemLab for exactly. that one. Yeah, I wanted, you to, <laughs> I wanted you to tell that story. Well, anyway, you, you've been a powerhouse of uh, musical influence all over, uh, the, the, we'll say, the greater Pittsburgh area and beyond. Um, great many people know you, you've influenced them with music, um, you've turned me on to so much music, and I, I mean, I bought a lot of band stuff just because of you saying, hey, listen to this. And, um, and what can I tell you, every time I meet somebody, I'll say once a month I'll meet somebody, whether it's at work, at a club, at a bar, or whatever, and they're like, oh, I know Jim, yeah, he turned me on to a lot of good music. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good to know, I guess that's, you know, uh, something positive someone can say about you. Oh, heck yeah. I guess not the
3: usual, um, you know, within the scene, there's a lot of people, you know, that, that talk
2: shit, but can I say shit? Yeah, of course you can. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> My show! <laughs> um, actually, I, you, now you work at IDES, but you're a musician at night. Now the world famous IDs, I have to say. I have friends in New York that just come out to P- Pittsburgh just to go there and I, actually you've met a couple of them. Um, musician at night, I say, because you are the front man. In, are you the creative force behind Reinforced? Um, I
3: don't do any of the programming or the instrumentation I write the songs and the lyrics and have input on uh, the arrangements of the the music. But Turner uh, does a lot of the, the programming and, and uh, the the composition. Uh, okay. Um, of uh, of the music, like I'll I'll have input whenever he comes up with something new. Mm-hmm. And he runs it by me, and he's like, "Hey, you know, how about we use this?" You know. Uh, in blind for for this song and here's what I have going on for this song and you know so it it basically goes from there Um, we're taking a little bit of a uh, different approach for our next record which should hopefully be out in uh, 2015 but uh, we're we're getting a remix uh, album Pre-Existing Conditions uh, finished up for uh, this summer
2: how now? So, um, I wanted to ask you cause, you know, just because I am introducing a lot of people to your band that listen to us, and I, you know, we have friends across the country actually. How, how would you describe your band? Um, I, I would always go industrial, but I don't think it's that simple. Electro
3: industrial. I, I like to, um, you know, because calling yourself just industrial is a very broad uh, term. Yes. And. Uh, you know, because if you say that to somebody, then they they might think you sound like Ministry right. or Front 242 two, or you know throbbing gristle or Coil or you know yes <laughs> you know any plethora of of subgenre out there. So you have to be, I think, a little bit more specific. I, I say electro-industrial because um, we don't have any guitars, but we do have a very rock and roll sort of approach. Um, our style is is very influenced by the cold wave scene of the 90s but of course we don't have any guitars or anything that that go on top of that but our i think our our uh, what we talk about our our content is very you know uh of that mm-hmm. uh era sort of uh, you know talking about interpersonal relationships and politics and yeah um uh, you know, this latest record, X amount, was more about my battle with cancer and how I I sort of connect the dots
2: between cancer and love, right. and how uh, they can be very similar to each other. Right? Uh, yeah, I didn't know how much you want to talk about that, but obviously, um, I, I it's all about you overcame something, this atrocity, and turned it around and turned it into something positive, which a lot of people, I can't say everybody does that. Uh, I I don't know where the turning point came. I mean, you've had a couple of victories since, that's for sure. Um, Opening for KMFDM, hurrah. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty awesome. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I want the people to know that. You know, Reinforced, open for KMFDM, that's incredible. But to get to that point again where you were able to do that, now, when did this happen, uh, Jim? Because uh, we lost touch for a couple years, uh, and I guess that's when it happened. Well, I can
3: talk about this, you know, and I'm, again, I'm very open about the subject. So, know. So um, if, if it's possible for somebody else to learn from what happened to me, I will talk to the wee hours of the morning about it, if it's going to help somebody, basically. Um but uh, I was diagnosed May first. Uh, I'm actually coming up in another week. It'll be
2: um, five years. That's that's uh, the mark you want too. That's like that's like the milestone. Yes, it is just
3: five years. And um, so uh, May first, 2008, was when I was diagnosed with uh, stage two B colorectal cancer. I, uh, you know, they took 30 uh, percent of my uh, large intestine. Um And, uh, you know, I did the whole chemotherapy, radiation, all that stuff, which was just brutal. <laughs> <The same laughs> and it, it lasted, uh, I guess it lasted, let me see, it lasted well into 2009 because uh, the chemotherapy post-surgery uh, almost killed me. Like, I did five weeks of chemo and radiation before my surgery. Uh, and that was during that summer, like, from diagnosis, I started chemo at the end of May, I think, and it went until, like, the end of June. Uh, the day of the 16-volt Morte concert was actually, uh, the day after I finished chemo, and I was just in horrible shape, yeah, I man. had lost, you know, a ton of weight. I was only, like, 150 pounds, and, uh... Uh, there's actually I, there's footage of that show
2: I, I did motor skill on, um, on our stage with are Steam you kidding me that night. that's incredible no, I, that, Well, first of all that's one of my, that's my favorite song by them but yeah, for you to get up there and have the strength to do that I, I have no idea how you did that
3: oh it was it was pretty awesome well when Eric Powell gets on the mic and uh, invites you onto the stage like he stopped the show to, to, to do the invitation I'm just like um how do you say go to that? You don't. You absolutely <laughs> I'm just don't. Like, Hell yeah! I'll get up there. Eric's been, um, uh, you know, an inspiration to me all throughout my college years and, and all the way up until now. You know, I just uh, I I really adore the man, and uh, he's a, uh,
2: just a wonderful person. Well, I got to tell you, um, Eric Powell's been on the show, um, and it's so funny that you guys are friends and yet. Neither one of you know knew about the show, and you're both on it. I'm going to have him on again next month. Maybe I should have you in the studio when he calls up.
3: That would be awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, All right, we'll do that. He's going to. Yeah. He, he doesn't know I know you. It's that's hysterical. We had a great show with him, man. He was he was just phenomenal. That's Eric Powell, sixteen volt. Um, I'm going to replay that episode probably in a month, just before he comes on again. I'll have you in. But that's so cool that he did that for you.
3: He's, yeah, he's one of the, like, it was during sound check at that show <laughs> where I told him what was going on, and, and before I even proposed the idea to him of the compilation of Electronic Saviors, he, he had, you know, jumped at the idea. So he was just like, yes, you know, you know, whatever I can do. Um, and uh, the show, that show was just a very memorable. This was, yeah, 2008. So after that, you know, I, I knew I had to, you know, recover from the chemotherapy so the doctors were like okay you get 12 weeks off before we do your surgery which would have been September 25th so during that 12 weeks I I pretty much you know worked and uh uh you know I went on vacation to Las Vegas with my buddies and uh then uh I came back and then my surgery happened and I knew I was gonna have to wear a bag on my stomach for you know, however many months until everything healed up in there. You know, and they took their parts out. They also took the gallbladder because chemotherapy infected the gallbladder. So after uh, my surgery and I recovered from that, they were like, okay, we want you to do uh, 24 more weeks of chemo.
2: And And I was like, oh my
3: God. I was like, okay, well... Here we go. So oh, at that point, I would have like I would have a uh, an injection once every three
2: weeks, but I would take these pills every day. Uh, see the- well, we're losing you. Oh, can you hear me? Now I can. Jeez, that's lethal. When you said twenty four more weeks, I can only imagine you must have like wanted to hit the floor.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I didn't know. I, I I knew I had to get through it, but yeah. I didn't realize what it would do to me um, because the dosage on that was so high. Yeah. You um, basically, uh, you know, I would get the injections and then I would take the pills, and uh, I made it through nine weeks before I ended up in intensive care with pancreatitis, which is a very deadly. Yes. Uh, condition, it's where your your pancreas gets inflamed, temporary diabetes, you can't eat or drink anything, you know, otherwise, you know, anything
2: that irritates that, you know, it can blow up, uh, so what was helping uh, you was also killing you, yeah, I'm I'm familiar with that too, yeah, so, so,
3: uh, you know, the night I almost, like, I, I, the night I almost died, because when I, brought me like they had to come get me in an ambulance you know I was like dying at home and they came and they got me in the ambulance and they took me to the hospital and the woman that was uh administering the you know the IV and stuff like that when they when you get into the emergency room um and she tried to take my blood pressure and she was like you know you have the the blood pressure of a dead person Mm -hmm. if you would have stayed at home tonight you'd have died wow you know, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, can you put stuff in me so that that doesn't happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God.
2: laughs> How do we turn this thing around? So, Damn. you know,
3: then they had, to, they had to run all kinds of tests, and I ended up in intensive care, and, um, you know, I was hooked up to all kinds of monitors, and, you know, they were like, you, you're not allowed to eat anything, we have to feed you intravenously, because uh, when you have pancreatitis, you're not allowed to ingest anything in my mouth so um when I finally recovered from that and this would have been in January of 09 was when I got out of the hospital um I checked my email which hadn't been checked for weeks and there was an email from jared from ChemLab in there saying hey are you still working on a compilation project because uh you know we wrote a piece for it and, uh, and that's
2: what ended up being that, that Kimmelhead song that you hear. Which is a, that's on one that. of my favorite songs on there, of course. I'm partial to them. Was that, wait, that was like the very first, um, I was going to ask, like, when did this, what we're talking about here too, I should tell everyone is the Electric Saviors anthology that you created to, uh, well, to raise money for cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And was it for going towards cancer victims, research? What exactly was, uh, this anthology, what was it geared towards?
3: It was for, for cancer research. Well, mainly for, um, that first one, you know, the money went to a foundation that helped cancer patients, you know, which is what I think is Im- important. It's, uh, intended to, to help people mm-hmm. that are struggling with, uh, with cancer as opposed to, um you know, the, the more science and the things, yeah. which would be like, uh, lab tests and animal testing and stuff. And I know a lot of bands, uh, in the genre are opposed to those sort of things. And, uh, you know, I had to make sure the money was not going to a place that, that endorsed, you know, those kinds of,
2: so you even had to get uh, particular about that. Now, what was when yeah. Jar- Jared, La- Jared, Jared we talking about chem lab was when he, um, was that the opening to the idea of creating this anthology, or did you have it prior to ChemLab? Oh,
3: what was, was it, it was with Eric at that show.
2: It was that show, um, oh, okay.
3: Yeah, it was Eric, you know, talking with Eric Powell at that show, kickstarted the whole idea. Um, now, I, 16-year-old in ChemLab, um, learned tracks until I got much later. And mm-hmm. uh, it, by that time, I probably had like 20 tracks before I got Jared's. Coming together nicely, uh, you know, getting Eric's and Jared's, uh, and, Jared, and uh,
2: you know, I got Ned from Stromkern, um, Wade from Christ Analog. Uh, yeah, Christ Analog, man. I, I couldn't we, believe I saw them on there. I yeah, have some yeah, favorites yeah. already. The, final Christ, that, the comp is legendary for a few reasons. One,
3: we got the final Chem Lab track. We also got the final accumulation track because, uh, as you know, some people know uh, Jamie Duffy passed away right. um, last last summer, and uh, we also got the final Christ analog track. Um, you know, so you know, we got the final Fleshfield track too. And I think that's you know
2: another. I like that song uh, too. Uh,
3: it's, it's it's a good analogy that you know. I think at
2: the time was pretty unique. Yeah, you know, I got uh, Jim, I got to ask you too on a personal level. I was listening to the songs like in Succession, you know, and this again, this is the Electric Saviors um uh a- a- anthology um that you put together. I just want to make sure people know what we're talking about. Um listening to the songs, I mean talk about personal. I mean almost from beginning to the end, and I talk from experience because it was in my house, I have five to six to seven. I know people infected with it, and I've known people with cancer my entire life. It's been around for, you know, as long as I've been alive. Um, But there's some very personal points to these songs, and from the moment that you find out you have it to the moment that you're recovering, I hear it in all these songs. Was that by mistake, or was that planned?
3: It was um, what I had hoped for. Uh, and Volume 2 is, is no different, I mean, Volume 2 has to deal with the subject of, of recurrence, which is,
1: uh, you know, what,
2: yeah, cancer patients, you know, really don't want to think about, yeah, their liver. cancer coming yeah. back, yeah, that yearly, um, that annual checkup they gotta go to, it's, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, and, and Volume 3, which we're getting started
3: on shortly, uh, is the remission chapter, so, um, Wow. Three is going to be hopefully, you know, more of a celebration uh, of music rather than, you know, uh, the worry of having uh, uh, cancer again, which, you know, I got lucky and most other people don't get as lucky as me. I mean, there are issues that I have to contend with um, from now till the end of my life, um, but I think I came out with the better hand uh, because yeah. I actually
2: survived it. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I found out through our mutual friend John Young that you had been sick because I just had, hadn't seen you around for a while. But, um, yeah, I thank God. I'm, I mean, really, you, you really rallied in the end. That's why I wanted to ha- have you on here, just the fact that you use music as a weapon, which to me is the best weapon you could possibly use. And it raised... You want to tell everybody how much money you did raise so far? Well, um, we're going to
3: make an announcement in a couple of days about oh, mine, okay. too.
2: Um,
3: but uh, I can tell you here first...
2: Hey, man, that's cool. <laughs> uh, the, the
3: first volume we donated, um, let me see, the, I'm trying to think of the, the grand total right now. was 26 plus, it was about 23,000 for the first volume. Uh, the second volume didn't do as well, but Yet. we are still donating an additional 10,000 because it didn't sell out. The first one did sell out. Okay. Um, but uh, the second one will sell out eventually. Um, but we will be donating an additional ten grand uh, to Gilda's Club and the Bone Marrow Foundation um, for Volume Two. And the good news about that is, is year after year, these two compilations do still sell digitally, um, and Volume Two will sell physically. So there'll be even more every year. Uh, I was told probably about three grand a year. Uh, will be donated, and when we do volume three, that's going to even compound that. So the goal is to make it to. Uh, I would I would love to be able to make it to a hundred grand. You know these compilations. That I know that's ambitious, but uh, the fact that we are already going to be over thirty
2: is pretty awesome. It's incredible. Just with an idea, you're doing so much more than a lot of people. Every, uh, there's so many people that don't even acknowledge it, and we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, right now, I just want just to loosen things up a bit. I want you to pick a song, and we're going to play it right now. Uh, we have so many to choose from, and I'm really putting you on a spot, because I know you'd probably love every single song on these things. Pick a song right now, we're going to um, play one right now. Play strong current notes
3: from a war.
2: Okay, that's what we're going to do right now. All right, hold on, folks. Uh, let's get this rolling right now.
1: What is this part of me? What is this strange disease? This thing that's killing me, that I can't touch, that I can't see. It's in the manifold, it's in the pack I chose.
2: We're back, folks, and that was Strom Kern. One of the many songs that you'll hear on this anthology called Electric Saviors, and we have Jim Jim Simonik to thank for this. And there'll be more in the future, of course. And uh, one of my favorite tracks. Me and we were just talking off the air a little bit about your buddy who wrote your uh, wrote your drinking song. <laughs> uh, Brian from the, God of the Gold, Yes. Yes. And, um... Go ahead
3: met these guys uh it's been I don't know I guess about seven years we played a show together in Cleveland um in 2006 and this was shortly after Feudal Longings our second record came out and um uh he was uh, one of the few people that that bought from all American people that night so uh I guess that that was when I first met the guy um and uh we just uh, I don't know, it's changed, you know, pleasant reviews online, uh, over the years until uh, they were going out on tour with Caustic and Prometheus Burning and I did that show um, at Pegasus and, and uh, you know, when I asked him to be part of the compilation he was like <laughs> curious track for that because generally a competent just
2: let the incredible. Ah, uh, you're fading out. Uh, they're, they're more, you know, they, they do sort of a comedy thing. Right, right. And we're, I'm going to play that one after everything's said and done so that everybody can hear because that one just makes me smile. We were we were laughing hysterical when oh, yeah, we played yeah, that yeah. last yeah. week. Yeah.
3: Uh, so, so he proposed the idea to me about the song. I was like, that's perfect. And, uh, and then when we got it, it became a huge hit. I mean, he was playing it at festivals and stuff, and, um and it became very well-known within the genre, you know, song. So, um, eventually, though, they stopped playing it because I can drink now. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, there is a track on Electronic Saviors 2, um, who wants to be, uh, part of our superhero team. Right now it's just me and Jim (laughs) is the name of it, um, but, uh, I have no idea what they got cooking
2: for, for Volume 3, so <laughs> I'm sure it will be entertaining,
3: to say the least.
2: That's great, man. I, I, how great was it to get back on the stage and perform again? I, I, want, I wanted to ask you, um, what did it feel like to get back on stage again?
3: Oh, yeah, I, I didn't actually take much time off from the stage. Uh, I had a show two weeks after my surgery, opening for imperative reaction and, uh, Psy TV and, um, aesthetic perfection at, uh, the Pegasus Club. Now, this was two weeks out of surgery. I couldn't really move on stage. I had to pretty much stand in one place, but I wore a pair of scrubs on stage for that show. <laughs>
1: um,
3: <laughs> but, yeah, to answer your question, it always feels good to play live. Um, but I, as far as uh, playing live, we really didn't take much time off. I, I was putting shows while I was going through chemo. We, we opened for, um, for uh once, and I, it was during uh, my chemo.
2: You know, uh, um, you, you touched on something there. Um, most people that I know that actually continue to work through their chemo, um, whether or just going for walks on a daily basis, they're the ones that actually um, come out of it the best. Whether it's keeping busy yeah. or keeping your body in motion. Yeah, I, I didn't.
3: The, you know, before I got um, sick with the pancreatitis, like after my surgery, mm-hmm. during the um, five weeks leading up to like my pre, pre-pre chemo, yeah. like that time I didn't miss any work. Like I worked every day. Uh, It sucked. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It was pretty horrible, and uh, my bond was falling apart. But um, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, miss this work. Um, I probably should.
2: Yeah. But I I couldn't afford it. I I wanted, uh, I I wanted to share with people. Um, one of my, uh, one of the better moments I had. uh, One of my uh, actually. A lighter moment but also just a, a hilarious moment at the same time with you um goes back to the voodoo show way back when oh my goodness yeah at the rex theater we're, we're dating ourselves. yeah if that's you, okay can talk about that i'm just saying <laughs> but yeah michelle walters from voodoo and they uh, once again it wasn't eric powell from 16 vote it was them voodoo invited you on stage and i thought it was hysterical because the album was new and you <laughs> you didn't know, you didn't know the words of the song and you really did a great job at it <laughs> and like you told me after the show you're like man they put me on stage that, that, that album's new man i don't know any of the words <laughs> i think i think yeah actually, I, I, that was great was the theater show yeah nobody knew the difference
3: <laughs> okay that was um there's video of that yeah i know <laughs> um it was, um, they were doing a for Gretel cover, and they, they told me to stay on stage for it, right. and, uh, and I was like, I, I don't know that one, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, no, just follow our lead, and I was, I, yeah, I just, wow,
2: that was follow funny, our right? lead, how can you tell a vocalist <laughs> to follow, <laughs> that's funny, uh, anyway, I got a kick out of that, that was a good show, though, but, um, then yeah, of course, that was, yeah, Chris Connelly was there, yep, yes, yeah. he was. That's pretty a, awesome oh that was a great time great time now you're also I, I should tell people too you're a concert promoter you get bands into town cool. well, and if you don't get them you at least get their CDs for sale because that's how I, I've heard a lot of stuff you, you get at IDES there um are you still promoting like any bands or trying to get new bands into town
3: I have more machine than man tomorrow
2: night <laughs> alright nice yeah. with uh, a definitive strike up at the Garfield
3: artwork so yeah um the, I, I still do, on average, between 15 and 20 shows a year um, at various venues. We use 31st Street Pub, the Rex Theater, Mr. Small, the Garfield right. Art Works, like uh, the Thunderbird Cafe, any place that's appropriate for the show and the uh, size of the show that we bring in. Um, I've been doing distortion production shows since 2000. So, okay. Um, yeah, so this, I'm in my 13th. You're promoting right now. In fact, in May,
2: it'll be 13 years. Oh man! Um, yeah, well, I've been around for all those years, and I have the CDs to prove it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have, man. Ton of them. Um, do you have any favorites off of the first compilation? Um, do you have any that like you just can't get through a week without listening to? It's the whole thing. Yeah.
3: Uh, I think the song that I did with Encoder and uh, Patricia Wake. Yeah. Uh, really yep. is is really personal. Uh, I wrote that song in an afternoon. Um, Cable from Cleveland. Uh, he was a promoter out there. He's in the band encoder. He sent me that track and it was instrumental at the
2: time. And I said, you know, this is really. All right, we're back here. Yeah, we got some kind of windstorm going on between here and Ambridge. I don't know what's going on, Jim. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see. Well, in, in passing, why don't you tell everybody where we can find all this music that they need to purchase, because it's all, it's just fantastic stuff.
3: Well, uh, the second compilation can be bought physically and digitally from, um, www.metropolis-records.com, uh, or any record stores that are carrying, uh, uh, niche, like, electro-industrial music, like, uh, ice or, uh, Digital Ferret, Philly um, and, uh, in San Fran I'm sorry that's in LA LA um you know so uh any of your finer record shops your indie shops um and uh the first volume is unfortunately physically sold out um
2: Okay, and these are both, it's Electric Saviors 1 and 2, or are you going by different names?
3: Electronic
2: Saviors. Electronic Saviors, okay. Very Um,
3: good. One is just Electronic Saviors, Industrial Music, cure Cancer. The second one is uh, subtitled Recurrence. Um, And, uh, you know, hence the the whole theme of uh, cancer coming back. And I I also wrote essays in each of them to sort of, uh, you know, Uh, flesh out, you know, what the cops are about and stuff and uh, what we're out to do. Uh, And we are working on the third one, which is a subtitled remission,
2: which uh, will hopefully be out about this time next year. Excellent. Well, you're again, another artist giving back and coming back with power. I mean, seriously. Uh, I I love the force that you came back with um, after what you went through. We'll talk again. We're definitely going to continue this again some other time and I'm going to have you on when Eric Powell's here um, oh, that be awesome. yeah. Thanks so much, Dave, oh, for doing this. Oh, hell yeah, man. No, we've always we're always looking to give back when it comes to situations like this and I've talked to many artists and I have another one on tomorrow night. Um, you may want to listen in on him. He's a lot younger uh too and he's uh he found a, a way around his adversity as well and he has a real good sense of humor about it, which uh most of us would not. Um, you'll hear that tomorrow but, uh, well, actually, tomorrow, meaning Wednesday, that your show is going to be uh, a week after that. So let's not try to confuse the audience. Why don't you pick a song, and we should play one more for the road here. I'm really curious to see what you pick next.
3: Okay, well, let me grab my cough, because I have it right <laughs> here. <laughs> so let's do... Um, uh, let's do Icentilla from
2: Wasteland to a Dream. That's uh, number eight on uh, disc number two. All right, sounds good. All right, I appreciate it, man. Uh, definitely, thanks, Dave. I enjoyed this. You, uh, you know, um, we'll do this again. And um, again, I'll be in touch and, and listen for that Eric Volt, uh, Eric uh, Powell, sixteen Volt rather. Uh, that episode will be coming up soon, and uh, when he's back in here, I'll have you in with him. Awesome, sounds great, man. All right, man. T- thanks again, and uh, let's play a tune. All right, good night, folks. Thanks, Dave. All right, man. Thank you, Jim. That's Jim Simonic, everybody. Bye-bye. Have a good night.
0: I have some Lucello, okay? Okay. Well, that
3: settles that. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the
0: Arena, The Interviews.